Okay, this morning, welcome to uh, Infuse Church. I really appreciate you being here this morning. Uh, this morning is a, uh, a special service for us in that this morning we're going to be uh, talking about something that uh, we've been working towards for a little while now. Um, and this forms part of a, a message that um, uh, I've been uh, working on for the last 10 weeks. This is part 10 of a series called The Resurrection Life. And it comes out of a, uh, a time of going into Easter where I felt like God put a, a passage on my heart about uh, that he's given us life. When he raised Christ from the dead, that he gave us life as one. Well. I wonder what that resurrection life looked like. And we've been on this journey about discovering that for ourselves. Romans 8.15 says, This resurrection life that you've received from God is an, a timid, grave, tending life. It's adventurously expectant. Greeting God with a childlike, what's next, Papa? And that's the thing that I love about this, this whole resurrection life thing. The, the, w- God's got something absolutely amazing for us. He's got an, an adventurous life for us. That, that the Christian life is not meant to be dull and boring. It's not meant to be uh, timid or uh, fear-filled or doubt-ridden. But it's, it's meant to be adventurously expectant. And I love that about that. So the way that we actually position ourselves like the steps of faith that we take to live out his resurrection life, actually have eternal outcomes. And it's my hope that we would intentionally live in such a way so as to reach for all that God has for us today, tomorrow, and into eternity. So, Father, I thank you for the power of your word coming to pass in our lives this morning. Thank you that you take my words, you'd anoint these words that I speak right now, Father, and that you'd bring about transformation uh, and, and that this would in some way help us all to see that we've got to live intentionally. We've got to live intentionally, focused eternally, Lord. I pray that you'd help me to speak this message in a way that honors you and glorifies you, but also helps people to see the sort of life that you want us to live. And I'd ask that in Jesus' name this morning. This morning we're talking about life, L-I-F-E. And like this whole series has been, we've been talking about life in various ways. Living in in faith every day, living in freedom every day, living in fruitfulness every day. And this morning we're going to continue with the theme of L-I-F-E. And it's simply living intentionally, focused eternally. Living intentionally, focused eternally. L-I-F-E. You know, Colossians chapter 3 verses 1 to 2 says this. Christ's resurrection from the dead is your resurrection too. Set your sights on the realities of heaven where Christ sits in the place of honor at God's right hand. Think about the things of heaven, not the things of earth. That's a pretty clear instruction. That's a pretty clear direction that we get from the Apostle Paul to the church in Colossus. You know, when Jesus said, come and follow me, he did it for a purpose. When Jesus first thought of us, he had a purpose in mind. And when God saved us, he had a purpose in mind. And we can understand that. I know that God's purpose for Jane and myself, I know that God's got a a purpose for us and this church. I know God's got a purpose for our community. His purpose for us and for his church is the extension of God's kingdom in our world. That's why we're still here. That's why we're still here, church. He is wanting us to take dominion, to stop the advance of darkness... And to release his love and grace to those around us so that they can live for eternity with the Father too. 
There's an, an eternal focus that we need to come into. We need to, to live our lives intentionally, knowing that we need to be focused eternally because people's eternity does, it rests in the balance. It rests in the balance. To do this is going to take courage. To do that, we need a vision that's not of this world, but of His world. We need to, to realize that there is so much more to come. If Matthew 6.33 says, Seek first His kingdom and His righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. See, all we're called to do is to seek after God and His kingdom and leave the rest up to God. If we live just looking down at the ground, at our feet, at the here and now, what's happening to us, what we don't have, what God's not doing in our world, we are going to wander off course and get lost. It's like, you know, if you need to get to the other side of a paddock to a particular spot, if you look around like this and you're just watching each step as you take, you are going to lose your way and miss the mark that you're aiming for. However... If we know that we want to get to the other side of the paddock and we're aiming for a specific spot, what we need to do is to lift up our vision, to look at the spot that we're aiming for and then walk confidently forward because what we're looking for is what we're going to be aiming for and we're going to reach the destination that we have. So this is what we've got to do as a, as a Christian. This is what we've got to do in our, in our walk of faith with Christ is to have an eternal perspective keeping our eyes fixed on God and His kingdom. And when we walk forward, we are going to enter into all that God has for us. But if we're looking down, we're going to miss it. We've got to have an eternal focus. We've got to be intentional about lifting our vision and starting to look forward to what God wants to bring in and through us. Is that okay? So we do this because God is both in our future calling us forward, but he's also walking with us. This is the beauty of God. He works outside of time. He's calling us forward from eternity, but he's also right here with us because the Bible says in various places that God's Spirit is with us and will be in us. So God is with us as we are walking towards God calling us forward. That's how big God is. He's in your future and he's in your present. And I love that about God. He calls us forward into all that he's, he's wanting us to do. Jane and I have always tried to live intentionally in our lives and in our leadership. And this church is not about Jane and myself. This church is about God and his kingdom. Absolutely. Without any equivocations. That's a very big word for me. I sat down reading a dictionary this week. You'd be proud of me. See, we've simply had a heart after God. And we've tried to position ourselves and this church in such a way that all we're doing is following where God leads. That's all we've tried to do. Over the last couple of weeks, you've heard me talk about we're following Jesus. You've heard me talk about being linked in to function effectively. Functioning effectively means square pegs in square holes, round pegs in round holes. In other words, function follows form. Did I say that right? Yeah, I did, good. So I heard someone laugh over here. I thought, oh, it sounded like I messed that one up. That's cool. Function follows form. In other words, we've got the right people in the right place. You're about to hear a story, a journey, that Jane and I have been on in finding our sweet spot, 
the right place for us and for this church. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 20 says this, Together we are his house, built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets, and the cornerstone is Christ Jesus himself. See, I've always believed that for us as a church to grow, to be in health, to see the fulfillment of what everyone believes about our future, that we needed to identify an apostle and a prophet to this church. Now, we've been, uh, I believe that this has been actually a God, God-born desire in, in myself to, to pursue this. Because I believe that as we do that, we actually position ourselves for growth. We position ourselves according to God's pattern and His plan. He's given gifts to the church. Why wouldn't we want to pursue them? He's give, Christ gave us apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors and teachers. They are a gift to the church for the uh, equipping of the saints. So we need these gifts from, the, from, uh, from Jesus to the church operating within our church life. So we've identified, we believe, the prophet to, the, to, to this house. And that's Steve McCracken. He's a prophetic voice to this church. He comes in and, and he, he, he just encourages us from the Word of God. He, he, he speaks the Word of God. He's not just having a, a gift of prophecy. He operates out of the office of a prophet. He is one of the fivefold ministries that, uh, that's talked about in Ephesians. So then we've been on this journey of trying to identify an apostolic voice. But that's been a little bit more elusive for us. We've talked with and gotten to know a few apostolic people. However, we felt that the fit just didn't feel right for us. There was an absence of peace about it, so we've kept looking. Then in early 2017 and 2018, God got our attention through seeing things that were happening in and around us. Then in mid-January, I had a lunch with Pastor Josh Brett from Hope Church. And over lunch, he put an idea on the table that he felt God was actually prompting him to ask me about, about the possibility of Hope Church and Infused Church joining together with Jane and myself repositioning to become location pastors here in Mount Barker and then Pastor Josh and Sharon becoming the senior pastors over us as a a complete church. So I think you need to understand that it's important that you need to know that um, this was not Josh taking advantage of us or doing a great big takeover bid, a power play, or anything like that. It was simply born of the Spirit of God prompting Josh to talk to us. Now, Josh had actually spoken to me about three, maybe four years ago about this very thing. But he it wasn't in, in talking about joining with Infused Church. Uh, I caught up with him regularly for coffee and we sat down and chatted and, and we you know, just got on really well. And... At that time, he said he'd felt God had given him a vision of one church in three locations. And one of those locations he felt was Mount Barker. So all he was doing is saying, look, we're going to get together, but you need to know that God's put something on my heart for Mount Barker. So that like, uh, somewhere down the track when maybe he planted a church here that it wasn't going to come as a complete surprise, he was uh, operating out of transparency and openness and, and complete you know, vulnerability, saying, I, I don't want this to... to to wreck our, our relationship together. So I've known that this has been on, on Josh's heart. And I'll tell you what, Josh and Sharon are just good people. They are just good people, okay, doing the best that they can. So when Josh put this on the, on the table over lunch, 
It didn't come as a surprise for me. So after lunch, I went home and I said to Jane about uh, what Josh had spoken of over lunch. Later that afternoon, I felt compelled. I just had to ring Steve McCracken. It was like something I said to Jane, I've got to ring Steve. I need his prophetic voice in this. So I phoned Steve. It was about 6 6 p.m. that afternoon or that evening. And I phoned Steve and I explained to him very briefly what Josh had said over lunch earlier in that day. And and Steve virtually bursts into tears. And he, he says, not 30 seconds before my phone call, he's just closed his notebook after having spent two hours of praying specifically for Jane and me and about the future of us and our position at Infused Church. Then he began to just download to me just some things that he felt God was saying. And these are some of the things he said. The coming decades, and this is the prophetic voice that we value speaking into our world. So this is what God the Father is speaking through the, the, the office of a prophet to us. And we take that very, very seriously. So it says the coming decades are decades to flourish and being in the right position is essential for this to happen. God's best is always our best, yet God's best is sometimes different from our choice. With God, a decision to change positions is not about failure or stepping down from your calling, but rather about flourishing and stepping up into all that God has for you and, <coughs> excuse me, and being... And stepping up into all that God has for you and being positioned for God's best in you, the church and your community. Steve said, what about Infused Church? He said, the best for Gary and Jane will be the best for the church. After all, it's Jesus' church. After hearing Steve say this and talk about this, I sat on it for a couple of days before I rang Josh back. And I said to Josh, Josh, it's obvious that you've heard from God. It's pretty obvious that Steve has heard from God. The only people that haven't is me and Jane. And I'm pretty sure it's important that we do. So I said to Josh that we'd spend some, certainly would would, uh, make this a priority about praying this through. We prayed about that for a while. This is in, in January. Fast forward to Monday the 23rd of April. And you're going to say, how on earth do you know these dates? Because I journal. Because I spend time in the Word of God and I journal. So I can pick a time, you can pick a date, and I can tell you what God said to me on that day. It's the value of journaling, church. It's the value of spending time with Jesus. You can talk to Him and He can just remind you. So on the 23rd of April, I'm doing doing my morning devotions and, and I felt God speak to me. And I was reading Judges chapter 1, verses whatever it was, 1 to 4. And I'm just turning the page and, and I felt the Holy Spirit say very clearly, no, 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 you need to read that again. And I, I knew it was the voice, of the, God, the voice of the Holy Spirit. It wasn't a big loud bang, you know, crash and all that. It was a simple whisper. No, you need to read that again. I turned back and I started to read that passage again. And I felt God confirm for us about us joining together with Hope Church. And this is what he says in Judges chapter 1, verses 1 to 4. It says this, after the death of Joshua, the Israelites asked the Lord, what tribe should go uh, uh, first to attack the Canaanites? And the Lord answered, Judah, for I have given them victory over the land. The men of Judah said to their relatives from the tribe of Simeon, join with us. 
to fight against the Canaanites living in the, the territory allotted to us. Then you will help you conquer your territory. So the men of Simeon went, to the, uh, to, uh, went with Judah. And when the men of Judah attacked, the Lord gave them victory over the Canaanites and the Perizzites, and they killed 10,000 warriors, enemy warriors, in a town of Bezek. This passage, you need to understand that there are five different layers that I felt God speak to me out of. This is something that uh, has not happened to me in the past. Uh, I uh, felt that God speak to us in five different layers. Number one. I only use the New Living Translation for my devotions. I don't read any other version when I'm sitting down doing my devotions, okay? And the words uh, join with us in this passage. The New Living Translation is the only translation that has those words. The NIV, the New King James, King ja- uh, the King James Version, the NRIV, the ABCD, the XYZ, all of those, they say, come up with us, come along with us, or whatever. The New Living Translation is the only one that says join with us. Number two, after the death of Joshua, was significant for me and Jane. Because when we took on being senior pastors of this church, I felt that God needed to give us a word. So I was still a part of the police department at that that point. So we felt God needed to talk to us. And God spoke to us out of Joshua. Joshua chapter 1 verse 6. You shall lead these people. Be strong and courageous. You shall lead these people to inherit the land that I've given to you. When, God, when I read this passage, after the death of Joshua, I felt God was saying that our time of being the senior pastors has come to a conclusion. And we felt very clearly that God has spoken to us in that. Number three, you need to understand that there's meaning behind the words. There's always a meaning in a name, in a, in a, a, like a name of a person or a name of a town. So Judah means praise. Simeon means hearkening. That is hearing what is being said, not what was being said or what's about about to be said, but it's, it's what God is saying in that moment. So we felt God by his spirit was saying to us, for, for us to, we can praise God because joining with hope is what God is saying to us. And that's what we felt God was saying. The fourth thing you need to understand is this, that this deals with two parts of the people of God. This wasn't the Israelites going to the Philistines and saying, let's go and defeat uh, this. It's two parts of the tribe of Israel coming together. One part, the tribe of Simeon, the tribe of Judah, coming together to defeat the enemy and to to do what was being effective in in uh, defeating the enemy. The last thing you need to understand out of this passage, the next layer, the last layer, I felt God just rubber stamp this sucker, was this. That on the 28th of May, there was lightning in the skies over Mount Barker. It is at that time that the senior leadership, the church board here, all of my department heads bar one, got together for our very first leadership meeting with, uh, with Josh and Sharon in Naomi and Aaron's home. And there was light, there's an electrical storm over us. Bezek, where they killed 10,000, the word Bezek means lightning. We felt God was saying, I am all over this. And I'm writing it in the sky for you. That this is what I'm doing. You can rest assured that this is me orchestrating this. I don't believe in coincidence. I don't believe, I believe in God incidences. That's where my level of faith is at. So what exactly are we doing? It's my excited privilege 
to let you know that we are going to be joining with Hope Church. Yeah. <laughs> now, I want to tell you, Jane and I are not leaving the church, okay? <laughs> Jane and I are not leaving the church, but we are repositioning ourselves. We will no longer be the senior pastors of the church, but we are repositioning ourselves to be location pastors over Hope Hills. Okay, that's what we're going to be doing. With Sharon and Josh being the senior pastors over the church that's going to be meeting in three locations. Like Steve McCracken said, Jane and I don't feel that we have failed in our calling or that we are stepping down from our calling. We actually feel and believe that we are stepping up into the fulfillment of our calling in readiness to flourish. That's what we believe. So here's a message from Steve. Hi, Infused Church. Steve McCracken here. I just want to come and just share for just briefly at this important time in Infuser's history. I really believe with all my heart that Father is orchestrating something. As you can see, I'm standing here, the sun is shining, but I look like I'm dressed like an Eskimo, and that's because although the sun's shining, it's still pretty cold. But fast forward uh, six months, and I could be standing, and it looks exactly the same, but it's much hotter. And God is a God of seasons, and sometimes when something looks a certain way, like it looks warm, it's not warm. And in the church life, sometimes things can look a certain way, but God's doing something. And I believe with all my heart that God is shifting Infused Church into a season that will be your most fruitful. I believe for Pastor Gary and Pastor Jane that God is actually taking them from a place where they're the senior leaders to becoming under an apostolic grace where they will have the next 10, 15 years flourishing rather than laboring. Back in January, I felt God speak to me so clearly that infused church should come under another church, that Pastor Gary and Jane should come under someone else, not because they're bad people, not because they're not doing a good job. They are great people. They have given their lives, and they, they are doing all that they can to see the church flourish. But God is saying, I've got something different I want to do. And so uh, I would happy to talk, looking forward to coming and sharing more. But I just want to add my affirmation that this journey of actually becoming part of another church. Pastor Gary and Jane becoming part of a team, the senior responsibility being lifted off them is only because you're stepping into a season of flourishing. This is right in God. I pray you embrace it. And I declare the best is yet to come. God bless you. It's a good word, isn't it? I know that there will be a, a lot of questions as we, we move forward with this. Um, so one of the questions might be, why are you doing this? Why are we doing this? Well, number one, we wouldn't be doing this if we didn't feel God was in it. Uh, I think that, you know, with the, the scripture that he's given to us, the way that things have transpired, that we can say that God is in this. Secondly, we, we absolutely believe that Josh and Sharon are leaders who carry a bigger vision, a greater faith, a larger capacity that's actually needed to truly affect this community and beyond. 
in joining with, with Hope Church, we're actually entering a bigger world. And as we do, we'll be lifting the lid on what God can and will do through us all. John Maxwell has a, 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 a leadership principle called uh, lifting of the law of the lid. What that means is that the leadership ability determines a person's level of effectiveness. So the law of the lid tells us that the leader's lid, his or her maximum ability to lead will determine the potential of their team, their business, or their church. As an example for you, King David was a giant killer. He killed Goliath. That's what he did. But because David was a giant killer, it actually released the the mighty men around him to also kill giants. They operated within the anointing that David had as their leader so that they too could kill giants. You read about it in 2 Samuel 21 verses 15 to 22. There's four giants that are taken down. One of them is the brother of Goliath. Why did that happen? Because David had an area where he, was, uh, he had an authority, a level of leadership, and, his, and, and the people that he was leading, his mighty warriors, were operating in that sphere as well. I spoke in, uh, last week about Joseph uh, and, and being a slave in, in Potiphar's house. He was only effective to the level of Potiphar's household. Because that's the only area that he could operate within. Joseph, when he was in prison, he was only effective to the level of the, uh, uh, the leadership or the allowability of the prisoners, the jailers, that would let him do that. But when Joseph came under Pharaoh's leadership, his effectiveness reached beyond nations. Okay? Not only did Pharaoh benefit from Joseph, but Joseph flourished and his effectiveness multiplied. Because he was in the right place and doing what God had called him to do. By joining with Hope Church under the leadership of Josh and Sharon, our lid is being lifted. We'll achieve more, go further, dig deeper and step out in greater faith. One of the things that I know that is one of the limiting factors on us as a church growing is this church building. I praise God for this building. It's a great building. But I believe that we need something bigger and and something that's able to actually reach into our community with a greater level of effectiveness. But I'm going to tell you right now, I don't have the faith to sell this place and build a new one. Josh and Sharon are already doing it. They are already building a a, a larger church and, and, and fitting that out and doing what God has called them to do. Only in the last seven days... Josh and Sharon were handed a check for $100,000 for their charity, Real Hope, to reach out to the community with. We're coming into this world. God's lifting the lid on the leadership. And I think that's amazing. I'm just going to invite Jane to come up and say a few words. So let's welcome Jane. Thank you, everyone. Now, from... Um, before each and every one of us was born, God had placed key people in our lives. Now, if you think about it, he placed us with parents, key parents. For, and they were designed for especially for every single, well, for each one of us. We had special, a lot of parents, special family, you know, key um, family members that was going to help us to propel us into what God had prepared for our future. So along our journey, other key people would have come into our lives, whether school teachers, um, some <clears throat> some friends would have been 
key to what um, our future was going or what was going to happen in our future. Um, bosses, you know, lots of things happen to, um, but God places these key people so it helps us to do the things that he's asked us to do. Now, if we think about um, this um, part of um, God's body, our, our church, it started, I don't know, 30, 35 years ago, roughly, and um, there were key people that were put into that position and key people kept coming in and it was moved from building to building as it grew to finally um, Pastor Keith and Wendy, they, had, um, they were the key people at that particular time. They had the vision to build this building. Then Gary and I come along and we um, were the key people at that particular time and we become debt-free. We revamped the place to um, our current um, season of our generation, how it, um, you know, what they visually see. Um, so, um, yeah, we, we've done, we've been the key people for, um, yeah, what you see now. But we um, just believe that Josh and Sharon are key people that God has brought into our lives, into our world now to help us because Mount Barker is growing. It is growing so much that I think we need bigger people than us with greater vision to be able to um, do what God now has for the the rest of the community. We, we've um, taken it so far, but we need now to, um, yeah, just realise that Josh and Sharon are the key people that God now wants in this place to be able to, um, yeah, impact the greater Mount Barker area. And, um, yeah, we feel totally at peace with this. And um, every now and then we do get our little... <gasps> but... Uh, after it all, really, we do feel um, so much peace with it all. And, yeah, so we know it is truly a God thing. Thanks, Jane. <clears throat> so in joining with Hope Church, we'll have more support and greater resources available to us. As Hope Church gets bigger, so do we. We believe that we'll flourish and grow personally as we step into all that God has for us by repositioning ourselves into an alignment with our gifts and our abilities. We've heard and engaged with the counsel and the wisdom of Steve McCracken, Pastor Gary Hurrigan, Pastor Sam DeMorrow. We've, we've leaned into them. And we know that there's going to be challenges ahead for everyone. But we also know that the advantages outweigh the disadvantages. So what are some of the challenges that lay ahead for us? Well, the biggest one is this. There's no us and them. This is us as one church in three locations. It's not us versus... No, that, that language is, it needs to be eliminated. This is us. This is our church. Our church meets in Melrose Park. Our church meets in Gilberton. Our church meets in Mount Barker. That's what we're doing. So we, we believe that it's, uh, even though Infused Church will no longer exist... However, the, the sacrifice, the generosity, the servant-heartedness, the love and support that's been sown here will continue to produce a fruitfulness that will have eternal value and significance. It's just going to happen under a new name. 
It's as simple as it is, you know. So some of the ways that we'll do things will change. However, Josh and Sharon, they're great leaders, and they will talk us and walk us through those things. What's to come? Well, I'm glad you've asked. There's still things that we're working on administratively and financially as a result of this. Because of our constitution that we have a membership, there needs to be a vote of members. But Jane and I have visited every single member in our membership list, and without fail, we've had 100% support for joining with Hope Church. So we know that that, uh, we're going to move this forward with the blessing of the membership at heart. Now, that's going to happen uh, in the next few weeks uh, ahead at specific times and and what the motions will be. We will let everybody know what those are going to be and when that that vote will take place. Another thing that you might like to know is that Naomi will uh, continue to be employed in her administrative business role uh, uh, in the church. The youth are a high priority for us. Uh, church, uh, the, the, uh, the, the current department heads and connect group leaders will continue in their roles, okay? Our community engagement through the community garden and also through what Tony and Kathleen have spoken about with the uh, one in ten uh, and also with the, uh, the play group, those things will continue into the future as well. There'll be a greater emphasis on leadership development as we move forward as well. Our expected time frame for all of this to happen is around, the, around about the next six to ten weeks. That's what we're, we're guesstimating. It's a very fluid, flexible thing because it's obviously things that we need to work out business-wise and, and, uh, and, and go forward from there. Um, there's still things like, you know, we just don't, sometimes we just don't have all the answers. But the thing I take comfort from is that when God said to Abraham, go, Abraham didn't know what he was doing either. So we're in good company, all right? So I think it's just really good that we can do that. We just follow God and, well, that's what we're going to do. See, this is what, what I mean by we need to live intentionally, focused eternally. If all we do is look at the here and the now, oh, woe is me, oh, I, I'm, I'm, whatever, then we're going to lose sight of what God wants to do in the future. There are generations that we've got to reach as a church. And we have li- we've got to lift our vision and to start to see that there is an eternal perspective that Christ is wanting us to take a hold of so that we can reach those generations for him. 1 Corinthians 2 verse 9 says this, No eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. We are intentionally positioning ourselves and this church for eternal purposes. We believe in doing this, that we all will flourish. Next Sunday, we are going to be blessed to have Pastor Josh and Sharon come and talk to us as a church. We are totally excited about that. They are, they are relational. They are real. They're approachable. They do not mind you asking questions. So if you've got any questions, fire them up. And, and just, you know, just respectfully, obviously, but just talk to Josh and Sharon about stuff. And uh, I believe that next Sunday is going to be a great time of hearing their heart, hearing their, their, their spirits, hearing their vision for what God has in store for them. And here's a message from Josh and Sharon for you guys this morning. Good morning Infused Church, Josh and Sharon here. Looks like winter's settled in, but hopefully you're enjoying God's presence together in the house of God this morning, warm and worshipping together. 
And we are so excited to be with you next week. And uh, yeah, we're going to be there for next Sunday morning. And we're just super excited to be talking to you more about the future of what God's doing uh, in and through all of us and just the journey that we've got ahead. So whatever you do, be in church next week. Bring a friend, let your neighbor know, uh, let all the pets know, let let anyone you know, anyone you run into the street know that uh, next Sunday we're just going to have the most incredible morning talking future. And, uh, and we just can't wait to, uh, to do that, but also to be with you again and just to get to know you all that little bit better. So we'll see you next week. It's good. So, that's it. That's it. Let's just stand for a minute. In a minute, hang on. Just want to, I just felt like I needed to do this this morning. I just felt, how how do I wind this up? And I felt God just simply say, just have everyone join hands across the, the, the congregation this morning. And we're going to pray together. We're going to pray together that the enemy can't come in and sow seeds of doubt or discord or dissension or anything of that. The, the, we, by joining hands across the church, by joining hands across the church, we're simply saying we're united in this, we embrace this, and we're going to walk through and see this happen as a congregation together because we believe God that you're in this and therefore we are in good hands so heavenly father we thank you for this morning we thank you that this is a new season for us as a church we have guests here today and we embrace them because guests are a part of who we are as well so we thank you that lord that there'd be no way that the enemy can come in and separate and divide or cause disunity or uh, anything else that would try to distract us or break our focus from being eternally minded. We are going to be intentionally walking things out as we join together with Hope Church. And we receive the word this morning that this is Christmas in July. It's a new season for the church, that the door is open and we are going to walk through with a confidence that we know that you've orchestrated this change. We thank you for the ability to join together as a united front and embrace what you're going to be doing in this new season. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. Thank you.